0: You are now listening to The Model Health Show with Sean Stevenson. For more, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to The Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert Sean Stevenson, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in with me today. Listen, a big part of our lifeline is the work that we do and the joy or lack thereof that we extract from it. You know, I'm coming from a paradigm where I was just surrounded by the concept and the proponent of just get a job, just get a job, you get a job to take care of your family, you get a job to get by, and so I started in that guild, I came out of the gate, workers permit, you know, I was doing little odds and ends, but my first official job was McDonald's, that's right, I was sleeping with the enemy, I was back there flipping burgers, low-key, I made my own special burger, okay, I came up with my own Shawn Stevenson thing, you know, but didn't get to sell it. But, you know, low key it was delicious. Um, but quickly from there, a lot of people, of course, know that there's a high turnover rate in the fast food industry. It wasn't for me. I'm coming home smelling my, like McNuggets and it wasn't attractive. Um, but from there, I jumped to the next thing, which was kind of a cool job. You know, that's the thing we're looking for, a cool job, which was at, the, it was called the Keel Center at the time, which was the arena for hockey, you know, so the St. Louis Blues, so I was working there, it was dope, you know, I was a usher, usher, usher Raymond, but not as cool, you know, I had this little weird suit thing, and, you know, you direct people to their seats, but then, of course, it wasn't just hockey's only a season, during other times, it would be like, you know, they have college basketball there, icecapades, so I got to see all that stuff, um, but I was still just a kid, you know, still being inundated with this idea: get a job, regardless of what is going on in your life, regardless of if you extract any joy from it. It doesn't matter. You just find a place to work, keep your head down, make that dollar dollar bill, y'all. All right. From there, tarjay. All right. I got the red shirt, but I made it spicy. I had a red Tommy Hilfiger, just not a regular red shirt. It's a Tommy. All right. My senior year of high school. Now. This is the part that I could have left out, but the fact was my friend gave me that shirt, okay? I wasn't balling like that with a Tommy Hilfiger. Matter of fact, my senior pitcher, my senior pitcher in high school, which I have it upstairs in the yearbook, I'm wearing a fake Tommy Hilfiger shirt. It's a knockoff, all right? It's supposed to be like a little lion. It's, it's more like a, a, a tigger, right? The lion, or he's like sleep deprived. And nutrient deficient line. Like he's definitely on his last leg. That's how my line looked on my, on my shirt. But, you know, from there, same thing. Graduated from high school, going off to college, trying to find a job in the area. You know, I went to a call center. Can you imagine me calling you, like, hey, um, y- you wanna activate that credit card we sent you? That's not me, man. It would be a whole different vibe. All right? I wouldn't be who I am, of course. You know, it'd be like, what the f- No, click. Um, But I was actually kind of pretty good at it. I don't know why. But anyways, uh, from there, the Ramada Hotel. This is when I go to this other level in my thinking. Because, and shout out to my boss, Anup Shah. Wherever you are right now, Anup was balling out. All right? And I see why. He was milking off the labor of his people. You know, my man had the new bit. This was when the first... BMW SUV came out, He had that bad boy. So, but I was the front desk manager. I was just a kid in in college, but I started to always find these positions where, from there on out, where I ended up running things. It was just this weird thing that just kept happening. And a big part is that is I just felt like I can do things better. We can make this stuff work better, you know? And we can be more effective and efficient. And so, And what the front desk manager meant was, it didn't mean I got paid a lot. That just means you got a little plaque thing up on the wall when you're on duty that slides in and out, all right? Front desk manager on duty. There was actually four of us, depending on which shift. And literally, guys, at night, I worked the, you know, like 3 to 11 shift because, you know, my college courses, my classes in the morning, 3 to 11. And then the housekeepers leave around 4. And then from that point on, it's just me and sixty-four rooms by myself, by myself. Unless there's an emergency, I call somebody, whatever. But can you imagine being, you know, 19 years old, like you're responsible for this hotel, and there's nobody in the hotel but you? This sounds like a nope was juicing somebody or something because it doesn't even sound normal to not have any other people on on duty working at an entire hotel. So, but that's neither here nor there. The point is this, we all go through transition periods. We all try, we we put our toes in and different things, but oftentimes by going through the motions and getting caught up in the day to day, we can find ourselves with years passing by before we realize that we've been just giving our energy and our time away and we haven't been investing in ourselves. We haven't been investing in our greatness and life really just took a steering wheel and turned me, you know, into a totally different place because it was in college when I had a devastating health issue take place that transformed my reality. It literally took me out of work. You know, I got the permission slip where I couldn't work. And so now I'm just trying to find a way to get by. And little did I know that my passion and my purpose was just knocking on the door at the time. Oftentimes, some of our biggest struggles can bear out to be some of our greatest transformation points, can bear out to be something that adds a tremendous amount of value and power to our lives. Because every time we go through a challenge, there are gifts in it. There are qualities and capacities that get developed whenever we go through something and come out the other side. Win or loss on paper, we can come out as a victor, regardless of the outcome. If we learn from it. That's the big key. And so going through that, that incredible and crazy time in my life, you know, once I got myself well, I became a magnet. I didn't even know, I had no idea. But because I was walking around my university campus prior to this time, look, I'm sure that I looked like a sickly ghost. I was I was walking around looking like, you know, Casper the Timberland wearing ghost. All right, and once I transformed my health, people literally started coming up to me who saw me prior and they started asking me, what did I do? Because I didn't just look like a person who lost weight. I looked like a person who was radiantly healthy. And fellow students, my professors would start asking me, what did I do? How did I make this big transformation? And that, that was when my my purpose and my passion started to integrate. But I still didn't have the other component that you're gonna learn about today, which is the expertise and the investment in it and becoming great at it. I figured some stuff out for myself, but how do, you, how do I replicate this with other people? But just the fact that now, the very first client that I had, it was a friend of mine's sister. And she, you know, again, just asked me, can you, your, your transformation is incredible. Can you help me? You know, I've been trying to get myself healthy for many years and it's been a struggle. And I was like, absolutely. I'll meet you at the gym at, you know, I said whatever time it was, 10 a.m. on Saturday. And then she said, how much should I pay you? And that's when time froze. That's when I had that flash in the Justice League moment, you know, where like everything else is frozen and I'm moving around like, what? She's gonna pay me for something that I would love to do anyways. Come on now. I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't even know that was possible. You know, cut to working with countless people and working from a university. I got to work with people from all over the world, all different spheres of influence, all different uh, vocations. You know, I got to work with a lot of nursing students, uh, a lot of people who are in med school. The list goes on and on. A lot of lawyers, a lot of athletes, a lot of, you know, on the east side, there's, a, you know, there's some places you go. Never mind, never mind. People from all kinds of different professions. I hope nobody could allude to what I'm talking about. But I was there to serve. I was there to serve. And you know ultimately being able to take that and to make that my life and my livelihood, I know that this is possible for everybody. For you can wake up excited. Where you can tap into something that you're able to give and be of service and really feel good about it and also be able to cover your your livelihood and your needs and to be able to make an impact on your family and even not just your family now, but future generations. All of this is possible because here in the Model Health Show, we want to support our community in achieving not just wellness and success in physical health, but also mental health, emotional fitness, relationship health, Spiritual health, financial health, all of these things play a major part. These are like pieces of a pie that make us up as a human. A big part of our lifeline, again, is tied to the work that we do and the joy or lack thereof that we extract from it. Career and health are intimately tied together. There are several studies that we've covered here on the Model Health Show many times demonstrating how the work that we do for a living influences our mental and emotional health. That can seem obvious, but also influences our physical health, cardiovascular factors, rates of obesity, these things are tied to the work that we do, and even our lifespan. The same thing goes with money and health. This has a big tie-in to our lifeline and our lifespan and our overall health. A study published in Health Psychology found that after adjustments for age, gender, education, marital status, and labor force status. Having higher income was found to be a potent determinant of better health. Our financial wellness matters. It's a part of the equation that is so often overlooked. It's not taught. You know, you can go, truly, there are so many people who've gone to a university, paid for their education, become a financial advisor and they're broke. This is true. This is absolutely true. Let alone, these are the folks going and studying it. And of course, you, you do have a higher probability of finding some success in it by studying it. But for most, this is just tiny portion of the population that studies finances. The majority of people never get that exposure and they're getting the advice from other people who are largely not achieving the things that they're telling other people they're gonna achieve. We have to learn from people who already have the thing, who've already achieved the results. It's a very simple principle. And this is why I'm such a big fan of the person that we have on for you today. And you're going to understand why. Because today, more than ever, what people do for a living is in flux. It's changing. There's a lot of turbulence taking place and it's tied to a lot of uncertainty. But within every challenge, there is opportunity. And I truly believe that this is an opportunity for more of us to give ourselves permission to do the work that fulfills us that gives us more meaning and also provides the financial wellness that we truly need to thrive. None of this is off limits to you. You have it all in your potential, but it's just getting tapped into the right information and putting the right actions into play for yourself. So again, really, really excited about this guest today. Before we do that, a big part of our success and our health and our functionality is obviously our physical health as well. And our immune health is of the utmost importance right now. It's a big topic. It's really not not getting a lot of attention, especially evidence-based attention. All the big blocks that move and modulate our immune system, like our sleep wellness, like our movement practices, like managing and modulating stress. And we've talked about all these subjects in depth here on the show recently, but also our nutrition, eating real food. Avoiding things that, from the nutrition realm, suppress our immune system and cause inflammation and creating a hyperinflammatory state in the body, creating more susceptibility to infections. All of these things matter, real food. But then there's things that are clinically proven that give us that extra degree of success, that extra degree of protection. One of these things is highlighted in the peer reviewed journal Mediators of Inflammation. Uncovered that the polysaccharides found in reishi, medicinal mushroom, were found to enhance the proliferation of T cells and B cells, critical components of your adaptive immune system that help you to adapt and to overcome, protecting you against the susceptibility to viruses and also helping you to recover if you happen to be infected. These are critical. Where are we getting this kind of data in major media? There's hardly anything talking about improving the immune health of our citizens. There are literally thousands, thousands of peer-reviewed studies. We know what works. We know what works. We have to take it upon ourselves right now. And this is why platforms like this are so powerful. And they're coming at a time in human history when we need it most. So also with Rishi, this is one of my favorite things. Truly, I have this almost every day. I have a Rishi tea about 30 to 45 minutes before I go to bed. Is because it's incredible for promoting sleep. I've shared this many times. I'm going to keep sharing this because it's so powerful. This was published in a peer-reviewed journal that's focused on drugs or pharmacology. They could care less about the fact that this is a natural entity that has been used for thousands of years. It's so remarkable that they put this into this journal. So this is the journal, Pharmacology, Biochemistry, and Behavior. And it found that the medicinal mushroom reishi was able to significantly decrease sleep latency, meaning it helps you to fall asleep faster. It was found to increase your overall sleep time and also found to increase your sleep efficiency so you spend more quality time in the different stages of sleep. That's what it's really about. It's about sleeping better, not necessarily more. You can get eight hours of really crummy sleep. That might be my first time ever saying crummy, by the way. You can get Eight hours of really crummy sleep and wake up feeling exhausted and going through your day dragging because you're not getting efficient time in your sleep cycles. So, this is why I'm such a huge fan of Rishi for the support for our immune system, our sleep quality, which is a major modulator of our immune system. But don't just go get any random company X Rishi, don't do that to yourself. It needs to be dual extracted alcohol extract and hot water extract, so you're getting all of these biopotentiators. And immune modulators and hormone modulators. You know, you've got a certain camp of beta glucans, you've got triterpenes, all these different things. They're going to be extracted from different methods. Get it from 4Sigmatic. Go to F O U R S I G M A T I C dot com forward slash model. And you're going to get 10 to 15% off their incredible mushroom elixirs, mushroom coffees. Rishi infused hot cocoa, so many incredible things. Pop over there, get yourself, especially the Rishi Elixir. Incredible. And if you're not a fan of, like, you know, the tea kind of vibe and flavor, the Rishi Hot Cocoa is another level. It's fantastic as well. For Sigmatic.com forward slash model. And now let's get to the Apple Podcast Review of the Week. Another five star review titled Life Changing by Pilates Chick 24. So much life-changing information in one place. I wish I had this podcast when I was diagnosed with Lyme disease five years ago, when my brain was too foggy to even read or comprehend all the books I tried to get through. The Model Health Show not only jump-started my journey to a clean, healthy lifestyle, it also continues to introduce me to all the experts that make this process so much less overwhelming. A huge thank you for doing the work for those of us that don't even know where to start absolutely incredible thank you so much for leaving that review over on apple Podcasts. it means so very much and on that note let's get to our special guest and topic of the day our guest today is john lee dumas and as an officer in the u.s army and platoon leader it took him several years to tap into his purpose and passion once he returned to civilian life after many ups and downs he eventually founded and became the host of entrepreneurs on fire an award-winning podcast where he interviews inspiring entrepreneurs and shares their stories with his massive audience. He's also the creator of the Mastery Journal and the Freedom Journal that I personally use whenever I have a new big goal that I want to achieve. And today, he's here to share some insights about his brand new project, The Common Path to Uncommon Success. Let's jump into this interview with the one and only John Lee Dumas my guy, the legend, icon alert, John Lee Dumas. How are you today, man?
1: Brother, anytime I get to hang out with you, the average of the five people I spend the most time with just goes up, so I am ecstatic to be hanging out with you.
0: Yes, man, it's an honor, and I mean that literally. You're an icon in this space of podcasting, which has become such a powerful medium, impacting the lives of millions and millions of people. So how does, first of all, how does that feel for you to be somebody who was really a pioneer doing something exceptional in the podcast space and to see it blow up like it has.
1: You know, it's kind of like that person like back in the early 1900s that was driving around this like motorized vehicle and people are like, what are you doing, bro? Like, don't you want to be on a horse right now? He's like, no, no, this thing's cool. This thing's real cool. It's called a car like you should definitely check it out they're like whatever man come on we got a horse like everybody knows horses are the thing like that was me back in 2012 I'm like you guys should like listen to podcasts I mean like I have a podcaster just like what are you talking about like I'm gonna listen to like sports talk radio and I'm gonna listen to Miley Cyrus like who needs podcasting and now I'm just like I tried to tell you guys now it's here <laughs> it's too late everybody's arrived everybody and their mother has a podcast which I love and it's awesome
0: it's incredible, man. People are like, but I got the best horse. Where do you see this thoroughbred? <laughs> yes. You know, it's like a Mustang combination with like some wild unicorn, but it's not this thing. Mm. So that's powerful, man. Love it. All right. So listen, you've done so much. You've had a major impact in my life and the lives of so many other people. Right now, we're living at a time where there's a lot of change happening. A lot, a lot of things are in flux. A lot of uncertainty. And I just think it's really opened the door for people to finally tap into what their purpose is, tap into a career that fulfills them. You know, we talk about all dimensions of health here on the Model Health Show physical health, mental and emotional health, relationship health, and also financial health and well being. And a big part of our livelihood is what we do for a living. So, you right now, as of this recording, this is now available The Common Path to Uncommon Success is available, and I'll tell you, John, coming from where I came from, when I started my show, I was still living in Ferguson, Missouri, Ferguson, fluorescent, Missouri. Every single step in here, which you know this already, are things that I did to get where I am today, whether I was conscious of it or not. So number one, what inspired you to write this book right now?
1: Brother, people like you, honestly, people that I, I saw from afar and even up close, because you and I worked together, you were my mentor in the health space for a while, and. And just, I saw that they had all the tools, they had the message, the mission, the the passion, the voice, but they just didn't know how to do the common few things. And it's only a common few things that all the successful entrepreneurs that I was interacting with were doing. Because, you know, take a quick step back, like I've now in the past decade interviewed 3,000 successful entrepreneurs. And I've learned from those thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of conversation that, There's only a handful of commonalities that all successful entrepreneurs share. In fact, there's 17 core foundational principles. And those 17 core foundational principles actually can be put in a chronological order, which I did for this book, and turned into a 17-step roadmap to financial freedom and fulfillment. And that was the concept of the book. It was like, how can I get... The Sean Stevensons of the world, you know, circa 2012, 2014, you know, whatever of the world, like the answers they need now, today. Because I did not title this book The Complicated Path or Mm. The Hidden Path or The Secret Path, because it's none of those things. It is a very common path. And Sean, you and I know this now, of course, but you know, what's, you know, common sense isn't always common practice. And so even though to you and I now, this is very common sense. And even if you were to tell us back in 2012, 2014, 2016, when you and I were building our businesses, we would have been like, oh, that's, that's actually common sense too now that you say it to me, but I just didn't even know it at the time. Like, but it's just still not common practice. And so, you know, I have a podcast this Entrepreneurs on Fire, over 3,000 episodes, 100 million listens, over 1.4 million monthly listens. I have a massive audience, Fire Nation, and that audience essentially asks me the same 10 questions. You know, they're slightly different and personalized, but they're essentially the same 10 questions. And it's not humanly possible for one person to answer every individual of these hundreds of thousands of emails I get every day, week, and month on essentially those same 10 questions. But it was feasible for me to sit down and to finally write the definitive step-by-step roadmap that provided the answers that they need, that has every single answer to their questions in one book in a step-by-step format. So brother, you've written multiple books. This is actually my first traditionally published book, but this was a labor, and I mean the word labor, figuratively and literally, (laughs) of love. I sat down every day for eight months, the first two hours of every day for those eight months was writing this book. That was my cap. I'm just, I'm not a writer. Like that was what I could do to keep the highest quality. 480 writing hours later, 71,000 words, 273 pages. This book exists. And I cannot wait for people who are just like the Sean Stevenson's of 2012 to get this book in their hands and actually have a roadmap they can follow to their version of uncommon success, to their version of financial freedom.
0: Yes, yes, you just said it, man. That's the power of an idea. It's come into existence because of an idea. That's how powerful we all are, you know? And what you do, one of these steps, and so obviously we can't go, all, go through all 17 right now, but we, we're gonna definitely dive into a few of these for folks. The first step really is identifying what your big idea is you know and you also share in the book which maybe we could touch on a little bit of this sure. throughout but you share your n- not necessarily stumbling but your adventure and your ups and downs through finding what it is that you're here to do and you know many people might they we tend to see the end result like this guy is just incredibly successful his podcast won the award for top podcast of the year he's impacted the lives of so many people he's interviewed 3 1,000 entrepreneurs on his show. (laughs) It's unbelievable, but we don't see the story leading up to it. So in chapter one, you talk about identifying your big idea. It took you a while to identify what yours was, but when you did, you took it to another level. How can we help other people to identify their big idea?
1: Sean, you have a really big heart. I mean, I know that I've met you in person. You've been my personal mentor. I've read your books. I've seen you in action. I listened to your podcast you have a really big heart. And if I may be so bold, um, I have a really big heart. Like I really want other people to have success in their world because what we need more of is people having success. What we really need more of is people identifying their big idea and waking up every single morning and living within their zone of fire. We need more people doing that. We don't need more people, Sean, waking up unhappy, depressed, driving to a job that they're stressed about, that they don't like, that they're miserable always having these swirling thoughts that they're not living up to their potential. Like, you know, it's it's not, it's not even really that possible to get healthy, even in the fitness and nutritional sense, if you're stressed, if you're anxious, if you're not able to sleep well, if you're not able to eat right because you're always so stressed and nervous and you're just overall unhappy. Like, man, when you're just like, living life to the fullest and like you're living in your zone of fire, how much easier is it to go crush a gym session, go to bed early to get a good night's sleep, wake up on fire and do the things that you love? Like everything snowballs. And brother, most people are going to die in this world. Most people will die in this world, never having even identified their big idea. And that is so sad. It is so sad that they never even once just sat down to intentionally go through a very simple and not even that labor intensive process of identifying what their personal big idea is. And that breaks my heart. That breaks my heart. And I know you having a big heart, it breaks your heart as well, my friend. And I want that for people. So that's why step one, chapter one, my man, we break it down for you. Step-by-step process on how you, for potentially the first time in your life, can identify your big idea so that you can start waking up every single day and be like Sean, be like myself, be like the other 3,000 successful entrepreneurs I've been able to interview over the years and live your best life within your specific zone of fire. I teach you how to get to that zone of fire in a very methodical and step-by-step process. Like I really want that for you because that's what we need more of people is living in that zone of fire and man, I'm passionate about it as you can tell brother.
0: Absolutely. Yes, you are, man. And you're real as well. And that's the thing about you. And, you know, just the people who are in my circle and who stay in my circle tend to be people who are overgivers. you know, and that's just one of those things that I got right off the bat from you is just you're somebody who will do whatever for somebody, you know, really step up for them, support, serve and you do that for your community in such a way, if people only knew the amount of time and energy you put Ooh. in, it, three, I mean, 3,000 interviews, it's, it's unbelievable in this short amount of time. You, know, you had this idea to do something that was revolutionary in the podcast space at the time when you did it. So I would love if you could share what you did that was so unique. And also, you talk about the two mistakes that people make when trying to identify their big idea.
1: So absolutely, my man. Let's take a step back here back to 2012 when like, I was like, okay, something hasn't been working. You know, I get out of the military at 26 years old. I immediately go through six years of struggle. You know, I went to law school, dropped out, corporate finance, quit after a year, commercial real estate, residential real estate, failed, failed, failed. There I am after six years of that struggle, 32 years old saying, I should really have figured this out by now. Like, I don't know what success is. I don't know what, you know, happiness is. Both of these things are eluding me. What do i do and you know like i kind of alluded to at the beginning of this episode like i'm so intentional today about surrounding myself with the right people and you know you being one of those people whenever i get the chance you know you did promise me you're coming to puerto rico so that's pretty exciting i'm fired up about that but i realized back in 2012 hey i'm the average of the five people i spend the most time with and if i'm being honest with myself my average my five kind of suck like they're not bad people they're not evil but they're like Debbie Downers. They're like Don Doolittle's. And I'm the average of that. Shockingly, that's me too. I'm Don Doolittle. Like, this needs to end. So I started reading the right books, listening to the audiobooks, listening to podcasts, and like loving the medium of podcasting. And then saying to myself, okay, this is the space that I know I can make an impact on. It's not a big space at the time. I, I knew that. You know that. You knew that. We talked about it. But I knew there was something special there because of the intimacy that I was feeling towards the other host that I was listening to. I'm like, this is a really cool medium, but what do I do? So, you know, there's my big idea, Sean. I sat down, I did a similar thing to this process that I wrote in the book, you know, although obviously after 10 years, step one, chapter one is incredibly advanced and thorough and I wish I had this process back in 2012. But my kind of like, you know, stumbling process got me to like, okay, my big idea is to start a podcast. Okay. But that's where most people fail to answer one of your questions here. Is they're just like, okay, I have my big idea as a podcast. But guess what, brother? There were thousands and thousands of podcasts. That big idea would have failed because it just was a podcast. Like that's nothing that's going to catch hold. So I'm like, how do I do step number two in this book, which is discover a niche within this big idea? Of course, I didn't know the process at the time, but I just Understood somehow in this little, you know, pea sized brain of my entrepreneurial brain at the time that like just this big idea wouldn't work because the competition would slaughter me. So I said, okay, I've got to find a niche that's, you know, at least a little unique. And so what about business podcasts? Okay, there's a few hundred business podcasts, not going to work. I get slaughtered. I went one niche down again. What about business podcasts that interview entrepreneurs? Like, this is interesting. There's seven of those do I want to be the eighth best podcast interviewing entrepreneurs? No, thank you, because who wants the eighth best? I want to be the best. How do I be the best? Well, I niched down again, and this niche actually hurt because it was niching down so far. But it was a void that needed to be filled. It was an underserved part of the market that needed to be served. It was an opportunity that needed to be taken, and that was the fact that I looked at what I complained about most in the podcasting space. I said, I love these interview podcasts of, on, of entrepreneurs, but they're coming out once every two weeks. Like, I can't wait 13 days or even the ones that were once a week. I can't wait seven days for the next podcast. I want to wake up every morning when I take this miserable drive to work. I want an inspiring episode waiting for me with a successful entrepreneur telling me you know, what's possible. I need that every single day, not once a week. So I said, I'm going to step into the space. I'm going to step into the void. I'm going to take that quote from Gandhi and be the change that I want to see in the world. And I'm going to create the first daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs. I am literally going to 10x the quantity of everybody else. They're doing four four a month. They're doing three a month. They're doing two a month. I'm doing 30 a month. Literally 10xing their quantity. And so guess what happened, Sean? The day I launched Entrepreneurs on Fire, it was the best daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs. It was the worst daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs, but it was the only daily podcast interviewing entrepreneurs, and guess what? That is why I was able to win at such a high level so quickly because I was the only. People had to beat a path down to my door to get to the only solution to their real problem, which is a theme that we'll be talking about throughout the interview today. I was the best solution to a real problem. I was the only solution, but that also made me the best solution to a real problem, people that wanted a daily podcast. And by the way, not everybody did. I wasn't trying to serve everybody. That's the first key. I was trying to serve my core niche. And so, boom, step one, chapter one, is that a big idea? Then you've gotta discover the niche within it, which is step two, chapter two, that's not being filled. And then step three, you've gotta know your avatar, the perfect listener for your podcast, the perfect viewer for your show, the perfect customer or client for your product, service, community, whatever that might be. This is the process. This is how it works step by step by step. I put it chronological in this book for you to follow the common path, but that's gonna result in uncommon success.
0: Ah, love it. Let's Let's go. Let's go. So powerful. So powerful. Got a quick break coming up. We'll be right back. There's a huge wave taking place right now with folks stepping up to try to find how to get a mental edge there's never been more competition. There's never been more people vying for attention and looking for creativity and performance and finding ways to really stand out. And so priming and optimizing brain health is truly the wave of the future right now. And for that, folks are really tuning in to this category of nootropics. Now, nootropics are a category of supplements, drugs, other substances that can improve cognitive function, be it memory, executive function, motivation, things like that. But we wanna keep in mind that your brain is really operating on a system that has literally millions of years of evolution behind it. So throwing in a new smart drug that was created you know, last week might not be a good idea. So we wanna lean into what are some of the things that have historical use that are also clinically proven to be effective for optimizing and improving the function of our brain? When we're talking about mental performance. And so for that, I want you to know about a study that was published in Evidence-Based Complementary and Alternative Medicine that found that this little secret, listen in, raw honey possesses nootropic effects, such as memory enhancing attributes, as well as neuropharmacological activities, such as antidepressant activities and anxiolytic effects. So helping to reduce anxiety. I didn't know honey could do that, All right? But listen to this, honey polyphenols are also directly involved in activities that help to reduce neuroinflammation. So we're talking about reducing inflammation in the brain. Now this is another thing that has a parallel wave taking place with inflammation and disorders of inflammation taking place throughout our body, systemic inflammation, but also of the brain specifically, which is connected to issues like dementia and Alzheimer's, but also just poor mental performance. And so honey has that capability as well, but the key is raw honey. The study says raw honey. Now with this, we need to be careful, we need to be mindful, and for me, this is why I look to beekeepers naturals to get my honey, because they're dedicated to sustainable bee practices, beekeeping, and also they have third-party testing for over 70 pesticide residues that are found in common bee products like honey, bee pollen, and the list goes on and on. Now. Some of those things that are in conventional honeys include arsenic, lead, mercury, E. coli. Not a good, not a good. So we want to behave and make sure that we get our honey. They have incredible superfood honey. They have a chill, bee chill honey also that has hemp in the honey as well. But they have some incredible products that again, you're getting your medicine, you're getting your nootropic benefits without the harmful stuff on the backside. Now, if we're talking about nootropics, this one specifically, you have to know about. There was a study published in Advanced Biomedical Research that found that royal jelly, royal jelly has the potential to improve spatial learning, attention, and memory. Royal jelly, that's what the queen bee eats. All right, It's exclusively the royal jelly. All right, so this is take it, honey, and this is Supercharging it. This is taking honey and doing a fast and furious with it. All right, this is the Vin Diesel version. Now, royal jelly also has antimicrobial, anti-tumor and anti-inflammatory properties as well. And royal jelly has been found to facilitate the differentiation of all types of brain cells. So helping your brain to create the cells that it needs and to top it off, researchers in Japan recently discovered that royal jelly has the power to stimulate neurogenesis in the hippocampus. So this is the memory center of your brain, literally creating new brain cells. I'm telling you, there are not many nutraceuticals out there that can do something like that. And the Bee lixer product that Beekeepers Naturals has is phenomenal. It's called B. Dot Lixir, L-X-R, incredible. The basis is royal jelly, but they also have one of my all-time favorite things in there, bacopa. Now listen to this, a randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled human trial, gold standard of studies. Published in 2016, found that after just six weeks of use, Bacopa significantly improved speed of visual information processing, learning rate, memory consolidation, and even decreased anxiety in study participants. Try the B-Lixer, all right? If you want to boost your cognitive performance, it's something for you to, you know, kick off your day to get focused. If you're about to go into a meeting or performance or study, or you just want to improve the function of your brain, reduce inflammation, get your brain healthier. Try the Beelixer, all right? Go to beekeepersnaturals.com forward slash model. You get 15% off everything they carry. Again, I'm a huge fan of the superfood, honey. Love the bee pollen. Beelixer, game changer, all right? That's beekeepersnaturals. So that's B-E-E-K-E-E-P-E-R-S naturals.com forward slash model for 15% off. And now back to the show. All right, we're back. You know what? Um, this is... Is something and I love the fact that you just mentioned this. It's in a chronological order. Yes. And you know, it's it's ignited really with that big idea. And you talk about in that section, you know, just to drill down a little bit more, that a lot of people, you know, it's like passion. I need to do what you're passionate about. People talk about that, but that's passion isn't enough. It also needs to be something that you do have some kind of gift, talent, capacity, work ethic in it. There's gotta be some kind of expertise. And you blend in those two things together. You dive in deep on what that looks like. But then drilling down, and also I got to say this too. When you talked about, like I really, I'm a very visual thinker. And so many people leaving this world without having tapped into their big idea. Mm -hmm. And it reminded me of a quote from Wayne Dyer that stuck with me for many years. Don't die with your music still in you. Don't die with your music still in you. And we all have not just one song, but multiple songs, so much beauty and brilliance. And that big idea, we can tap into what one of our greatest potentialities are by just honing in on specific dimensions of it. And you go through that in chapter one. Chapter two, discover your niche. Chapter three, create your avatar. And one of my favorite chapters is chapter four, choosing a platform. And especially my my ultimate favorite chapter is chapter five. <laughs> find your mentor let's spend some time on find your mentor because this one is this is giving you jet fuel once you've got those first four dialed
1: in i love that and it's your favorite chapter for a reason which which we'll get to i do want to just comment real quick on that quote because it's so fantastic i mean don't die with your music still within because as you said, like I love the fact that you know you have like this song that needs to be sung. And guess what? As you even said it, Sean, there are, are songs you have to share with the world. But here's here's the problem, here's the key. A lot of people are scared and nervous that when they niche down into this small little niche that allows them to get initial momentum and traction, which is so key and so important for every entrepreneur to do when they're starting that they're going to be stuck there forever. And that's exactly the wrong way to look at it. A better way to look at it, which was you know inspired by the quote that you shared is, hey, every artist that's ever become huge in the music industry has had one song that put them on the map. And then guess what happens? Everybody then goes and listens to all their songs that they create from that point forward. And by the way, backwards.
0: Hmm. And
1: so that niche is like, that's, that's your one hit song. And your only way to get a hit song is to get it. In that niche, so you can be the best solution to a real problem, and then going forward, that hit song is going to allow you to share all the songs you had to share in this world. Otherwise, none of them will be shared. So for me, like this podcast "Entrepreneurs on Fire" gave me the initial platform to share this song of this idea of you know this podcast, and then it's just expanded out and allowed me to come on and do all these amazing things, create, you know, the number one paid podcasting community in the world to do three journals, the Freedom Journal, the Mastery Journal, the Podcast Journal, to write a book. That's not about podcasting. This book is about you coming up with your version of uncommon success and the overall business and entrepreneurship space. So my songs have been released by that one song that I was able to to really master in that small niche. And so many people are so scared of that niche. And it it just befuddles me because I know and that's why I want them to know that discovering your niche is that critical part. But sliding forward to you know step 3 creating your avatar, step 4 choosing your platform, step 5, you know, actually finding your mentor. And here's you know where you play such a big role in this book because you know I sat down for every one of these chapters and I said who best exemplifies to me of the 3000 people that I've interviewed by the way. Each specific step and I brought on the top best entrepreneurial example I could think of for that specific step and for step five chapter five Like, it was you, brother. Like, you were the person that, number one, was my mentor. So I saw how that relationship worked. And you taught me so much and allowed me to, you know, be younger at 41 than I was when we met at 35 and, you know, continue to just go from strength to strength and something that we can talk about offline later. I got my cold plunge arriving next week. Like, I continue to just up-level my health and wellness and doing all these awesome things. I got those blinds people installing blackout shades right now, the one step of the button, Mm, coming down. And my mentor back in 2012 was found off of one very basic phrase. And this phrase is so key. Your perfect mentor is somebody who is currently where you want to be. So when I looked at my life and where I wanted to be, I wanted to be a successful business podcast host. So I went and I found a successful business podcast host, Jamie Masters. And guess what? That was a perfect mentor for me in that moment at that time. You know, years later when I said I finally need to get my health game in check, You know, Sean is somebody who who is where I want to be health and wellness-wise. And so I hired Sean to be my mentor to get to get me to where he is. And that's what my focus has always been. And now he's still my virtual mentor via his podcast and his videos and all the things that he does and his books, of course. So this is where I'll hand it back over to you because I brought you in. I said, Sean, I want to feature you in this step, chapter five, step five, brother, finding your mentor, so take it away.
0: Oh man, John, this is so so powerful, such an honor as well, you know, and uh, when you reached out about this, I had this incredible, just flashback, it's like a movie of all the people (laughs) who've played a role and been influential in my life, but they're always gonna be these primary, and I shared with you this statement that's in the chapter, that when looking for mentorship, you want to have not too few, not too many, but just right. It's the Goldilocks approach to, mem- to <laughs> so mentorship. Good. And you don't want to just be tied to one guru for all dimensions of life. Life is so versatile and different and fluid. You know, you Think your mentorship can change as you change. But also, you know, I had a mentor in taking me from this brick and mortar nutrition clinical practice Strength conditioning coach, and I just had this pull within me to impact the lives of more people. How do I take this experience and multiply it times a hundred, a thousand, ten thousand, a million by taking it online and learning from my virtual mentor at the time was Tony Robbins. Now he follows me on Instagram, by the way. Wow! Yeah, yeah, it's a whole other story. It's a whole other story, you know. So, creating this connection and having. The people you're a fan of becoming becoming your fan is always possible. But also in my life firsthand, I had a mentor, probably the biggest impact on my life as far as mentorship was one of my clients. And he came into my clinical practice with his wife. His wife was coming in to see me. And shout out to Susan Balk. And, you know, we were, we worked on a program for her. You know, she was in her late 60s, I believe, at the time. And Ken was just sitting there very stoic next to her. You know, he was 77 <laughs> and just had this like energy about him, you know. And ultimately he ended up becoming my client uh, because I guess he was so impressed in me and his stoic nature. And he actually couldn't move his arm at the time. He had, he had an in- injury and he had went through all of this time and just couldn't get better. Within six months, he was doing full push-ups on the ground. He was, you know, we helped to normalize his his blood pressure, the list goes on and on. And, but in our time together, he ended up becoming one of my best friends and a mentor for an area of my life that I had no education in, which was financial literacy. I was not taught one drop, coming from poverty, but also going through traditional education, not one drop about how to be successful and financially literate. How do you make money and make money work for you? There was no success 101 class. And so he really filled that gap and showed me different things about like scholarship. I mean, uh, savings for kids' education, IRAs, all this stuff. It was like a different language. And so, again, but then at some point, I might outgrow him. Right. At some point, I'm going to outgrow Tony Robbins' virtual coaching. Yeah. You know, so that's that's some of the stuff that we talked about in that chapter and is incredibly powerful.
1: Totally agreed, brother. I mean, it was an honor to have you on again. One thing that was not one of the bigger honors for me with this book is that this book is 17 chapters. It's 17 steps. Every step is one critical step in the process. And I wrote down my 17 dream um, contributors for every single one of those steps. And I had a backup list because, you know, some people got to say no. I had a backup to the backup. I didn't even have to go to my initial backup on one single step in that process. I got a hundred percent yes from every single one of my like big wishes. So that was really a touching moment for me because it does show you that, you know, with this podcast and with what I've been sharing with the world, like I really have built meaningful relationships of people who are, you know, more than excited and, and happy to, you know, show reciprocity and support me when I'm looking to go big and they believe in my message as well. Like you having me on the show is such an honor because it's validation that you really do believe in this message that like I'm trying to share with the world. Because, you know, we've talked a little bit about this, but it's like, you know, I've been quote unquote successful for a long time now. I mean, I've been a multi-million dollar business, net profit, eight years in a row. I've had 91 months of over $100,000 of net profits in a row, some months much more, but nevertheless, you know, we share these VR income reports on our website And I did come to that place where I'm like, okay, I'm financially set. Like, I don't need to keep grinding and putting in the work and doing these things. Like, I'm good on the financial side of things. But it was actually a quote by a friend of mine, Aaron Walker, when I was interviewing him on a show years ago. And he said, you know, when you get to a place of success, you'll realize it's now time to move into a place of significance. And like that quote really stuck with me. And that's exactly what I feel like I've been doing now for, you know, almost half a decade is just moving into this place of significance. And like it does break my heart when I can't answer everybody's question about John, what do I do now? Like, what is the next step here? What is the process here? What am I doing wrong here? I know the answers to all their questions. It's just impossible to answer the multitude of them until now, until I can literally now just hand them this gift that. You know books, brother. I mean, what am I making on this traditionally published book? Like 34 cents per copy? Like this is not the point of why Sean writes books and I write books. We do this because we have to get this message out to the world because if we don't, then people are going to consume the wrong information or not have the information that we truly know that they need. So that's why this book has to get out there.
0: Yeah. So powerful, man. And you just said it. It's not about, it's not a big monetary thing with a book. It's it's not, not, not letting your music die in you, (sighs) you know, and also, and also, of course, like you just said, it's, it's that impact and making sure people get it from the source and get the right information. It's a, it becomes an obsession. It becomes a duty that you have. So it's powerful to tap into that. So this leads to the next one, which again, having that mentor, having somebody who's a template, a model to follow for different areas of our lives because, we, again, we want success in every area. We can have it all. That's another misconception, <laughs> you know, that we've got to, you got to, it's either and when right. it's really a, when it's really, I'm sorry, either or when it's really a both and world. And so the next one, and this actually blends together with the one prior, join a mastermind. This is something every Monday I'm in my mastermind with Pat Flynn, Jamie Tardy. Todd Tressiter and Rowie, AKA Rosemarie Gardner, these superheroes in their respective fields, you wouldn't even think we would come together. I'm in health and fitness, but there's a common thread there of support, of insight, of different voices. So creating or joining a mastermind, and your mentor for your getting started in your podcast is in my mastermind. She invited me in, in the first place. So Jamie Masters, big shout out to Jamie.
1: Big shout out to Jamie. She's doing amazing things. And she was an amazing contributor to this chapter because guess what? 99.9% of people doing masterminds are doing them wrong. And what it just means when you're doing it wrong, you're wasting your time. Like you're just wasting time and you don't have time to waste. So I sat down to once and for all literally train you and teach you and guide you how to do a mastermind the right way, how to either join the right mastermind and how that mastermind should be run or how to create your own masterminds and run that mastermind the correct way. I mean, Jamie's contribution is fantastic. I mean, it's how she runs your mastermind that you're in, which you know has been thriving for I think like twelve years now, and it's just amazing to see. And I just want people to stop doing things wrong because it's just again, it's not it's not like they're way off; they're just off by a couple a couple flips of the switch. And if they could just start doing things right, everything would change for them. And that's really honestly, Sean, how I want people to use this book. Like I want people to look at this book and say, oh, okay, it looks like I'm on on step seven, chapter seven. I'm just going to start there and go forward. No, 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 no. That is not the way you use this book. Because believe me, there are things that you've done wrong in steps one through six. So take the time, go through every one of these 71,000 words. And at every chapter, three things are going to happen. You're going to, number one, you're going to say, oh, okay, awesome, I actually am crushing my quote unquote big idea. Like validated, good to go, check, move on to step two. Or, and this is more likely what's gonna happen, you're gonna say, oh wow, like there's definitely some tweaks and some adjustments I need to make to really crush this step of the 17 step roadmap. And then there's gonna be the other third option, which is gonna happen to some people, they're gonna say, "Well, let's wipe this slate clean because I've been doing this all hella wrong and like I need to stop that. Let's refresh, let's reset, and let's do this right. And then what's going to happen by step 17, chapter 17, you're now going to be able to look back and say, for the first time in my life, I am on a 17-step roadmap. I have completed a 17-step roadmap that has been trod upon, that has been followed by over 3,000 successful entrepreneurs. There are no leaks in my ship. This is a rock solid 17-step roadmap to me, to my financial freedom and my fulfillment. That's what this book is.
0: Incredible. The next few steps involve actually doing the work, creating some content, create just in that creation process. And also, of course, you don't have to be a, quote, creative to absolutely just knock it out of the park. And so we can tap on this just a little bit, but I definitely wanna to get to to nine. I think it's gonna be important for everybody. But within this content creation, this is the question that I have for you. In today's world, there's so much going on. And we we have this excuse a lot of times that we don't have a lot of time. And you talk about actually designing a production plan.
1: All you have is time. Like all you have is time in this world. And you have to use this time correctly if you're going to win at a high level. Now, real quick. This is a 71,000 word book. The average chapter is 3,550 words. Chapter seven, step sevens, 13,500 words. That chapter is a business book in and of itself. It is a beast because I'm gonna be honest with you right now, and I'm not talking specifically, I'm talking to the 2016 Sean, but I'm talking more broadly to your audience right now. And don't hate me for it, because the truth does hurt, but it needs to be said your content production plan sucks. Like, it's terrible. And guess what? Mine used to be terrible. Sean's used to be terrible. I looked at over actually when he was giving me health advice. I'm like, your content production plan is terrible. It is absolutely terrible. I got you on Instagram for the first time, like, which has, you know, been so huge for you. (laughs) And other things as well. Like, I literally was able to give back to you for how much you were giving to me in the health space. And my content production plan was terrible. Now it's fantastic. If I could swear on this show, you know what I would say. It is Fantastic. It really is. Um, But it took me a decade to get here. And this is what I consider one of the biggest gifts in this book is the 13,500 words that I'm gifting to you to finally, for the first time in your life, have a content production plan to design your own I teach you how to design your own and actually take control back of your life and actually share your message in the right way with the world. This is everything.
0: So true, you just said it. The thing that I marvel at the most about you and Kate and what you guys have accomplished is your ability to create content consistently. uh, It's out out of this world, but it's of this world, you know? So I definitely, one of the most powerful parts of the book for myself personally, truly, was chapter nine, because I saw so much of what we all tend to do, and I've done this in my life as well, but I know that this really hinders so many people. And this is simply launching, doing the thing. I have this passion, I have this goal, I have this big idea. I'm even creating content, but you've gotta put it out there. Let's talk about that.
1: Listen, you went to another chapter where I'm unfortunately gonna just have to speak some hard truth to people because (laughs) sometimes the truth hurts. And I wanna be clear. When I'm saying these things, I'm saying them from a place of experience. Like I've been there, I've done that, and I believe with all of my heart. And I actually know from conversations with Sean that he's been there and done that too. Launching is everything. You've got to get your voice out to the world way before you're even ready to. Your message, your mission, whatever that product, that service, if it's a physical, whatever it is, until it's out there, you're nothing because until it starts getting real feedback from real people, there's no place for you to go. You're literally in neutral, just revving your engine. And so this step in the process is so key because so many people want to live in pre-launch worlds. Oh, I'm in pre-launch worlds. Because guess what? When I'm in pre-launch world, and this is a great Seth Godin quote, this might work. And guess what? It might work. Just like I was like in pre-launch of my podcast. I'm like, this daily podcast might work. I mean, it might not work, but it might work. And it's so exciting to live in this pre-launch world because it might work. And we know that as soon as we launch it, it has a chance to fail. And then if it does fail, then we know that it doesn't work. And that's sad, so we're scared of that. And so here's the word that we use. We say, I'm a perfectionist hey, Sean, I'm just a perfectionist. So like I was going to launch today, but I'm going to wait a couple weeks because I'm a perfectionist. And what I launch has to be perfect. Whenever you hear that word, either you're saying that word or Sean saying that word, or I'm saying that word, whenever you hear that word, replace the word perfectionist with coward. You're not a perfectionist. That word does not exist. You are a Coward. And I'm saying that as an officer in the US Army that spent 13 months in Iraq, I can say this to you, and it's true. You're a coward. I spent 13 months in Iraq. I consider myself kind of brave in some scenarios. I was a coward. I hid behind the wall of perfectionism for over a month, scared like a little whiny coward that I was to launch this podcast into the world because this might not work. And that was scary to me. And you hiding behind your word perfectionism, like I was hiding behind my word perfectionism. You're a coward. I was a coward. Most human beings are cowards when it comes to launching because it is scary. You're a human being. It's okay to have these emotions. It's okay to be a coward. It's okay to have fear. That's hypothetically what kept us alive for 100,000 years because we were a coward to walk out of our cave at night in front of the saber-toothed tiger. Good. We survived. We procreated, and now we're here today. Wonderful. But now it's 2021 and beyond, okay? We don't have saber-toothed tigers outside of our door. We still have trolls and we have haters and we have all this stuff. But stop being a coward. Stop using the word perfectionism and just launch your craft.
0: John, you're like a big old sexy bumblebee because that stings, man.
1: Bing! It (laughs) should.
0: Listen, man, this has been incredible. You know, and there's so much more, obviously the rest of the steps we can go through. Each one would take up an entire episode to talk True. about. But I would love if you can just share this, this answer and just on this topic, because you these steps are very simple and they're proven. But I wanna ask you this, is the common path to uncommon success easy? Can you talk a little bit about that? And also where can we get this incredible book, man?
1: Look at this book. For people that are watching video, this word says common, okay? It doesn't say the complicated path or the secret path or the hidden path. It is the common path because I wanted everybody to know that every single person hearing my voice, seeing my face, believe me, you can go on this path and believe me, you can get to your version of uncommon success. This 17-step roadmap, step by step by step will get you to financial freedom and fulfillment guaranteed. It's a common path. Anybody can do it. Sean, It's a hard path. It is hard work. This book is hard work. If you are gonna buy this book and go through this process and apply its principles, you are going to work hard. And guess what? Less than 5% of you that buy this book will truly do everything in this book it takes to succeed. Because you're gonna stop at chapter one or chapter six or you're gonna put it up and it's gonna get dusty. And I can't change everybody's life. I want to, I can't. But for those 5% of people who are really going to do the work, let me just tell you, straight up, man-to-man, man-to-woman, mono a mano human-to-human, this is hard work. Building my dream business, Sean, was really hard work. This was hard work. Entrepreneurs on Fire doing 3,000 episodes in nine years and building my media empire into what it is today, amassing over $20 million in revenue, Like, not just gross revenue. I'm talking... Net profit, money in my pocket. That's hard work building the team, creating the content, getting up every day and doing it. That's hard work. What you've done, Sean, to create your two best selling books and your practice and your experience and success, and having Tony Robbins wanting to consume your content like that was hard flipping work. But you know what else is hard? Being broke, living yeah. paycheck to paycheck. Getting up every morning and doing something that you have to do instead of what you want to do or recall to do or are on fire to do. Getting up every morning and and looking in the mirror, but kind of avoiding your own eyes as you're shaving your face or as you're kind of, you know, doing your hair because you're embarrassed to admit to yourself that you're just so underachieving your potential, which by the way, was the first 32 years of my life. So been there again, done that again. That's hard too. And at 32 years old, Sean, when I looked in the mirror and I was avoiding my own eye contact because I was, frankly, disappointed in myself as a human being, I got to choose my heart. I could choose the hard work of creating my dream business. But guess what? The other path was hard, too. Living a life that was broke, living paycheck to paycheck, being an underachiever and disappointment to myself, that was a hard path, too. So why don't you choose your heart? And if that hard means you're willing to put in the flipping work, go to any bookstore, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Bam, Indigo if you're in Canada, and buy this book, The Common Path to Uncommon Success. Choose your hard.
0: John Lee Dumas, everybody. Thank you so much for being a continued inspiration in my life. And thank you for creating this incredible book and this incredible platform to keep serving all of us, man. I appreciate you so much. Love you, brother. That's John Lee Dumas, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into the show today. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. I wanted to end with the launch portion of the book because it is so important. and so powerful. I would not be here today with you had I not said yes and just took action and put things out into the world. You know, even right now, my latest book, Eat Smarter, has become a USA Today national bestseller, all the good stuff, the number one new release book in America the week that it came out. The list goes on and on, but that did not happen by accident. My first book was something I put together, this little, it was like a pamphlet. I went to Office Depot and like with the little holes and like the the hole puncher, all that whole thing and put it together. It was like selling this book at nutrition classes, cooking classes that I was teaching uh, around my local area, you know, because I just, and I did it from a perspective of, just wanting to give more value. I know that people couldn't learn everything right there in that session with me, something to take home and to continue to learn. And it went from that to writing my first published book, which I self published, which this book shall remain nameless for now. But I was tapped into that perfectionist issue at the time. Every time I would go back for my last review of the book before actually printing it and putting out there, I kept changing things. And this is the nature of humanity because we continue to look at things with updated vision, with updated eyes, and you'll always find something because you continue to grow and change. And if you just keep on micromanaging the small stuff and not putting it out into the world, you can't get the real experience, the real feedback and learning what works. You know, from there, that's when we got after that book, which even even when I moved from Ferguson Florissant, we had a... We had this crate of these books in my garage still, all right? It, it didn't really work out, you know, on paper. But in reality, it worked out tremendously because it was the first time, it was the, the moment I became an author. It was the moment that I worked and did what was necessary to get this important book, this important knowledge that I felt into other people's hands and to have that experience and the process every all the different qualities that had to emerge in me to write that book to be able to put ideas together to really tap into my own unique voice these were all the things leading me to the next thing and the next thing was sleep smarter and that book became an international bestseller. It was the first sleep wellness book to become an international best-selling book it's translated in like 20 different languages 20 different countries and, you know, it's at bookstores in Japan, you know, it's in Slovenia, you know, it's in France. The list goes on and on and is still going. We just got another foreign deal. Literally, I just got it today. It's because I said yes to that first step and launched, even though it was not perfect, because I was so tied to that perfectionism. And as John talks about in this new book. Perfectionism hinders progress and success. You've gotta launch, you've got that idea, you've got that gift in you. You don't wanna die with your music still in you. You've gotta do it, this is the time to do it. So much is in flux, so so much is changing with the job market. This illusion of certainty is now, the veil is being pulled back. We've gotta take our own lives and our own careers and our own possibilities, our own success into our own hands because ultimately it was always there in the first place. And so with that, in the, in the creation of what that is, it doesn't mean you just jump in you know, full force without you know, not looking before you leap, not that scenario necessarily. For some people, that's their, that's their vibe. For all of us, there's gonna be some discomfort, but you can be a sidepreneur right now. You know, Just have that small thing that you're working on as your passion project, that you're putting your passion into, that you're cultivating, you know, that you're expressing yourself with that big idea. And you're going to find so much joy even in that process. And so I just really wanted to hone in on this portion here because I have firsthand experience with all of these steps. When I'm telling you in this book, The Common Path to Uncommon Success, every single one of these steps are steps that I did. Because when I was going to college, living in Ferguson, Missouri, and all of the dynamics that that included, being in an environment that was so indoctrinating, that was, that was so encouraging of poor health with fast food just everywhere you turn, no gym in miles and miles. I didn't know what a yoga studio was. I didn't know what yoga was. You know, J- Janelle Monet didn't have a song yet. Let me see you do that yoga. Shout out to everybody who knows that song. I did, it wasn't even in my paradigm. You know, I didn't know what health looked like. Because all I'd grown up with and been inundated with was poor health, poor nutrition, poor eating habits, not understanding the difference in what food can be. These were all ideas that were foreign to me. And all I needed, even at that time, was a little bit of exposure, a little bit of mentorship, even if it was from afar. That was one of the steps. And I've employed that piece over and over and over again, so much so. That this incredible book, when I tell you this, I got chills right now, guys. I cannot believe, I literally cannot believe that people like John would put me into their book published by their major publisher and seen in bookstores all over the world. It blows my mind. I'm not one of those people that's going to miss out and normalize these things because it's all amazing. Life is amazing once we tap into it. And this goes back to one of the quotes that changed my life from Albert Einstein. There was a quote from Albert Einstein that also changed John's life. Funny enough, it was a different one. And the thing is, even when these quotes, they're attributed to Albert Einstein, he didn't tell me himself. This could have been Einstein's little cousin, you know, uh, Dilbert Einstein, you know, who said this thing. But this quote from Einstein, this attributed to Einstein, said that the most fundamental decision that you make as a human, the most fundamental decision that you make is whether you live in a friendly or hostile universe. When I heard that, it it literally, ch- something changed in me. Something clicked because at that time, I've been seeing the world around me as this hostile environment. I grew up in a hostile environment. There was beauty there though. You know, literally in in one of the times that I'm thinking about right now, when we lived in South St. Louis and our two family apartment that we lived in, we lived in upstairs portion, and then there's a little walkway and then there's a four family flat and the door closest to us was the crack spot. This is where crack cocaine was getting cooked up and distributed out of this, out of that apartment. And during this time, you know, there was somewhat of a recreation center for the community, but it was always closed. Like, it was always something happening. They had an indoor pool there, but it'd be open like once every three weeks. You know, it was always an issue. It just wasn't getting funding. It wasn't getting cared for. Parks were dangerous. You know, going to play basketball There's a couple of raggedy hoops in the, in the neighborhood, but it can be a life-threatening situation just to go and play basketball. Gunfire might start spraying out. Even one of my good friends, who's an incredible athlete, he actually got shot when he was out playing basketball, and you know somebody came through shooting. And um, so we would even, you know, in the back alley because in St. Louis, in LA, I haven't seen very many alleys. Where are the alleys at? All right. So, anyways, but there's a back alley, and on the utility pole, we literally had a crate like the, what you see in the movies. We had a crate up on the pole, and we're playing basketball on that crate. You know, It was fun, it was, it was beautiful looking back on it, but it was just life. There's always this beauty to behold, there's always this opportunity, there's always creativity, but the majority of my days were spent looking for problems, looking for trouble, and it kept me alive. It helped me su- to survive, but it can't help us to thrive. We have to get to a place of, of course, we can be intelligent and cautious and conscientious, but we have to be able to tap in and see the opportunity and see the beauty no matter where we are. And so being in in that environment at the time, I started to see beauty everywhere. I started to see opportunity. And sometimes I had to get outside of my environment to, to get access to the things that I really needed to get from where I was to where I wanted to be. But even that was brought about by me having the ability to start seeing the world in a different way, to see things as interconnected. It wasn't just about my neighborhood versus everywhere else. I start to see that we are a world family. I start to see that there's so much good that people most people are just really good people and they just want to be happy and successful. And sometimes we do things that seem to be negative just to get by and to survive, you know, just to make a way. And so, you know, changing my perspective started to change my my exposures, the access that I was gaining, my opportunities, and thus the things that I was able to employ in my life. And so, I'm just really passionate about this subject because at the end of the day, the work that we do for a living, our financial wellness, these are all things that have a major impact on our health overall, and these are things that need some more attention. This is part of what the Model Health Show is. The Model Health Show isn't just health, physical health. It's mental health, emotional health, relationship health, spiritual health, financial health. We can have health in all these areas, but it's taken sometimes... Moments like this, The Common Path to Uncommon Success, to lay out the roadmap on how to get there. So really excited about this. Definitely pick up the book. And listen, we're not stopping anytime soon. We've got some epic powerhouse shows coming your way very soon. So make sure to stay tuned. Take care. Have an amazing day. I'll talk with you soon.